Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure real-play podcast loosely based on Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I am your host slash Crypt Keeper. Hi, I'm Ben Magnet. I play Mary Frankenstein, the barbarian of our group. And last time we go shopping, spent some gold where I got myself a new shiny sword that isn't cursed. And also I got some new clothes, thankfully. And uh, I got to say, Frankenstein be bringing that drip, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Hell yeah. And also, I was just really happy to see that Larry was Aww, okay. You're sweet. I'm Grayson. I play Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, the party's rogue. Last episode, Jack got some wonderful news, but he's also been stuck in the countryside. He's more of an urban character. He's much more at home in the cities. But uh, hey, he's kind of in a more recognizable area for himself. Found out that he does have a safe house uh, somewhere. I don't have my notes in front of me, but it's 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 somewhere. Uh, Jack was able to stealth over and overhear some cult members and also steal the gold that the cult members paid to some rando security guard. Hello, my name is Daniel Cruz and I play Imhotep the Mummy, our cleric. And last session, me and the Frankenstein monster got out of a little bit of a hairy situation. We were able to join up with the group. Imhotep was kind of forced to spill his guts, as it were, and talk about himself for the first time in a long time. The Phantom dragged me along to buy me, I want to say you bought me a whip. Whoa, 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 I bought me a whip, you bony motherfucker. <laughs> That's right. I've, I've, you bought me something, though didn't you or you no man i bought you a couple minutes of my time oh that's fair that is important no it was the food it was the food oh shit yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right you got me the dessert that you found out about yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i finally was able to get rid of my robe of useful things which means my armor class is finally back up to 13 again um and i got to do it in the most wonderful fashion by creating a 10 foot by 10 foot hole in the middle of london yay <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I am Aaron. I'm the Phantom of the Opera, our bard. Uh, um, I'm just kind of curious real quick. Do we call you Eric or Phantom? Because I know there was an episode where I think Emotep called you Eric and you were saying, like, don't ever say that again. My friends call me Eric. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or rather, they can call me whatever the hell they want and I, I don't care. But Slagathor the Destroyer. Don't you ever call me that. <laughs> and so what's happening is we went shopping. Phantom wondered why he and Emotep never hang out. And Imhotep tried to uh, resist, but we ended up going shopping together, made a giant hole, had some <laughs> dessert. Honestly, I think it was a banger. I think we were having a lot of fun. And I can only imagine what our cute little museum date's going to be like. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jordan. I play Larry Talbot, a lycanthropic warlock. And last time we escaped the swamp. Uh, talked to Emotep, learned a little bit more about his past, and then went shopping. And I've got a cool leather vest that has upped my AC. Went shopping with Mary. We picked out some new clothes. And now we're on our way to a museum. And Larry's very excited. He loves learning about history. And, and we have a genuine tour guide with us. That'll be wonderful. Um, but one other thing, since the beginning of last episode, Larry was kind of 
unconscious. I was unable to let everybody know that there is an update to my tarot cards now that we have completed my side quest. Ooh. Yes. We have entered into my random daily pull, the moon. Ooh. So if I pull that and choose that as my tarot card for the day, at any time during that episode, I can activate it and we activate werewolf. Ooh. And with that, let's take a trip to the museum. It's going to be a great night at the museum if you ask me. Yeah, yo. Oh, I need to pull my card of the day. <laughs> okay, so Jordan, do your card of the day. I've also reshuffled my deck, so all of them are back in the fray. We've got the fool and the devil. And I think considering, remembering what the devil did last time of um, advantage on thievery, I think I'm going to pick the devil. Okay. It gives me advantage on like sleight of hand checks and stuff like that. Let me just recap. And this is perfect for something I have planned. I'm very excited. Wait, do we all already have plans that we're going to, like, force on this encounter? <laughs> Probably. Most oh. likely. <laughs> if you all have plans, I've got so many fears. I'm going to tell you right now, if you all have plans to force on this encounter, I have absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But yes, as a reminder, the devil, you are considered proficient in sleight of hand. Your proficiency bonus is doubled. You can sense the nearest valuable item or cache of treasure. That might be a little redundant in a building full of treasure. As a bonus action, you may make a sleight of hand check against an enemy to either steal an object from them or plant an object on their person. So amazing. I'm activating the devil. We'll see how that goes today. All right. So... You are all out in front of the British Royal Museum. The sun has just set and night has just begun. You have overheard a couple of Rainer's cult members basically bribing and paying off a couple of guards to get access to it. And you overheard them finding out that the scroll of Osiris is a part of the exhibit where they are honoring the Pharaoh Akhenaten. And they, like you, were caught off guard by the sounds of commotion, screams, and sheer pandemonium inside the building as soon as that sun set. And you could see looking into the building that the exhibits are starting to come to life. I look over to Imhotep and go, that's not supposed to happen, is it? I don't believe that is supposed to happen, no. Oh, boy. You know, I've never found a museum so engaging. I don't even know what a museum is. I love museums. I love to go there... When I've got the savings for them, but they're they're so amazing, and I can't wait to go with Emotep. I I bet he's got a lot of great insight on uh, the heresy. The... You will see nothing but heresy. Well, I'm excited to learn about the heresy. <laughs> Are we seeing all this motion through a window? Yes. From the outside looking in, the front doors are see-through. So you can see a little bit of movement through the inside. You can't make out any specifics, but you can tell that the stuff in the museum is coming to life. I'm just imagining at least Imhotep just like peering around the corner of the lion statue up front, like <laughs> looking up the stairs. Uh, see-through is in glass? <laughs> as in glass. I would like to prestidigitate a brick and just right through it. All right. Uh, make me an athletics check at disadvantage. <laughs> oh, come on. I know I'm a theater kid. <laughs> Seriously, now you're five minutes in and we're already coming of active vandalism. Great. The secret ingredient is crime. <laughs> all right. All right. The disadvantage was pretty cruel. It is a four. Uh. 
So with a four, you throw the brick at the front doors and this is reinforced glass. So it just bounces off (laughs) and tumbles down the stairs and the cult off to the side, which was mid conversation. And you can kind of overhear the tail end of that as the one male human cultist is saying to the female human cultist and the female vampire spawn cultist. That's not supposed to happen, is it? <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's supposed to happen. I, it's not like any museum I've ever been to. It is heresy. <laughs> you will find nothing in there but heresy. As that conversation gets interrupted by the brick rolling down the stairs, they all kind of turn and look at it, turn and look at all of you, look to each other in a panic real quick, and sprint full speed inside. They run up to the doors. Is there any way that I could do a dexterity check to like trip one of them? Ah, uh, sure. Roll sleight of foot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be a 12. With a 12, you manage to catch the human male cultist kind of stumbles a little bit. He doesn't fall over, but he turns back to see where you are. You are invisible, so he can't see you, yeah. but kind of narrows his eyes and makes a mental note as he now knows you're here and a little bit slower behind the others runs up with them to the doors. Can I try and intercept him? Go ahead and make just a straight dexterity check as the vampire spawn full-on football tackles her way through the door and shatters the glass everywhere. Damn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's reinforced. (laughs) Looks back at the phantom and you needed a brick to do that (laughs) and you couldn't do that. I think my plan has just succeeded. <laughs> well, that's a five minus one, oh, so that's a four. We're doing rough. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So you can't intercept any of them. They beat you to the punch and make their way inside. Well. But there is now a wide open entryway as they are scrambling to get in there first. Cool, free entry. Yeah, well, at least we're not the ones breaking in. Nope, we're not. Well, my friends, I dare say we are about to have quite a night at the Uh, museum. uh, (laughs) I understood that reference. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going inside. Yeah, we're we're walking in. Jack's going to put on his clothes and then go in. Good. So, as you make your way inside the museum, you see the cultists are basically scrambling over. There's a front entryway kiosk off to the left-hand side. There is a little gift shop. It's a kiosk kind of set up off in the corner. There's nobody manning it right now, obviously, because it's closed. And spread throughout, this is just kind of a general welcoming entryway. There's a row of exhibits for some discovered pirate treasure There is a suit of armor off to one side. There is a statue of a scarab beetle. There is what looks to be a big ceremonial stone. Almost looks kind of like a dragon's head with a gem encrusted inside of it. Oh, I know what I'm going for. Uh, And the cultists are kind of rushing their way through. The one that you tripped, the male cultist, is lagging behind a little bit. And he yells off to the others, go ahead, find the scroll, I'll stall and runs around to the other side of the kiosk and kind of braces himself, pulls out a scimitar as the other two run off on either side to the east side and to the west side. There is a stairway going up and a stairway going down. One of them runs upstairs. One of them runs downstairs. Can I run full sprint to the kiosk and tackle it so it can move and pin this cultist to what I think is like the chairs or the benches that are right there? Ooh, make an athletics check. Get him. (laughs) Get him. 80. That's a 12. With a 12, you aren't able to get him pinned down with the kiosk, but you are able to kind of shove it forward and knock him over. So he will be knocked prone, but he won't be pinned down. 
Uh, question for the group. Do I dare burn my DM inspiration to see if I can do what I really wanted to do? That's yeah, up to oh, you. It's hard call. When in doubt, do it. Just be funny and get another one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, spending it. It's the same roll. No. Oof. You oh. knock him over again. <laughs> at least he's pro. That's something, at least. Yeah, at least you tried. At least I tried. <laughs> at least I tried. <laughs> As he gets knocked over, some of the commotion stirs off to the west side. The giant statue of an Egyptian scarab beetle begins to stir a little bit and kind of twists towards you. It cocks its head curiously at the commotion that's going on. Fantastic. Uh, was I was I able to get that sneak attack on the guy because he's prone? Uh, make a stealth roll. Okay. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. What's your like twenty-seven? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is a twenty-seven. No! <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> All right, enjoy that plus ten to stealth. So yeah, you're able to get a sneak attack on him. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so. Oh my God, Grayson, why? Hey, you wanted him down, and if we're going to go through him, then this is the best way to do oh, it. Oh no, I'm not upset. I'm just like, oh my God, overkill. I well, this is happening. I'm gonna just head to the gift shop. <laughs> I'm not needed here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder what goodies they have. Oh, <laughs> shinies and trinkets. Yeah, I've got this. I'm gonna go look for more things to buy. <laughs> 17 uh 17 hits Alrighty. it's really just going to be my dagger because i would assume that like i just go for the quickest thing for me so that's going to be so while you're doing that larry what are you doing over at the gift shop i i already know what i want so i'm gonna grab the items i want and put the correct amount of money down for them and <laughs> when i reveal what i grab dan you can just tell me whatever it costs and that's the amount of money i don't imagine they'll be very expensive but I grabbed some presents. Some presents? <laughs> presents. <laughs> so I did 18 damage on the guy. All right. From behind you, off to the side. Do I have my second attack or not? Uh, not yet. Ooh. Okay. Because behind you and off to the east hand side, that ceremonial stone dragon statue with the gem in it begins to glow. Oh. Cool. As a little bit of blood spills from this cultist... It begins flashing. Oh, no. <laughs> Not oh, cool. Oh, no. Energy begins to pour out uh. of it, and it circles around over the top of you. And as this little wisp of red smoke coils its way up around you, it forms the number 10. Oh. No, I don't like There's that. There's no save? Nope. <laughs> you, you love to hear it. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm not really magically inclined, but can I do an arcana check on that shit? I mean, same for me. Just to fit. Sure, roll arcana. Oh, 17 plus one, so 18. With an 18, you do not want that counter to be above you when it hits zero. When... That counter hits zero, your HP hits zero. Oh, shit. So mine was a 17 plus three for Arcana, so just unnatural 20, but I'm guessing that's all the same information. What I'll say with that, you can kind of glance over and you see in the description beneath this statue, it is an Incan sacrifice totem. This was a way for ritual sacrifices to be made in order to ward off combat. Oh, oh, oh. T. roll history with advantage. 17. 17? It's not Incan, it's Mayan. 
<laughs> awesome. Love it. Uh, guys, I got a I got a thing above me. Um, yeah, we can all see it, Jack. <laughs> I just walk out of the store. I have a question. Uh, shopping bags in hand. Uh, what's your question, Phantom? What can I tell about the pirate exhibit? Are there any pictures of the pirates in their <laughs> sick-ass outfits and stuff? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead and roll... I'd say roll history. Ooh, history. Okay. 18. So with an 18, you can see that these exhibits are a little bit more accurate. These are recovered sunken treasure chests from the Atlantic, roughly the 1500s from some Spanish pirates. The contents of them are unlisted because they haven't been opened, but the chests themselves are basically right behind some flimsy exhibit glass and the locks on them look like a standard lock. Hmm. I kind of want the stuff. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. <laughs> In the pirate direction. I love that there's so much going on. There's like, aha, we're going to do this. There's the statue that's doing its thing. Larry's off shopping. Phantom is like, oh, I want that over there. And just, everybody's just leaving. Mary is like in pushing the things. And Amotep is still just standing in the doorway just watching all this chaos <laughs> unfold around him. <laughs> And just like, for once, I'm not the one causing this. <laughs> you now have your second attack. If you want it. <laughs> yeah, right? I think I'm already in the shit, so let's just find out what happens with my second attack. All right, go ahead and roll to hit with advantage. Oh, yeah, because he's prone. And that's a 19. That's going to hit. That's another two. Okay. As you drive the dagger into him again, the number kind of melts down over you slinks off you and this ethereal smoke wisps over the cultist's head and ticks down to nine. Oh, oh. oh okay, <laughs> after that, I'm going to dash away. <laughs> okay, so you can go ahead and do that. So you run away towards the scarab beetle and the cultist is going to get back up from being prone. And since nobody is close enough, he's going to run in the direction of the front entrance where the Frankenstein monster and Imhotep both are and kind of stop aside the entrance kiosk. And that number above his head ticks down from nine oh, to eight. God. Okay. Oh. Oh. Well. I would like to cast Hold Person on him. <gasps> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's so smart. Oh, my God. That's so horrible for him. If his whole person doesn't work, I'll go and grab the cultist myself. And that is a 19. Damn it. He needed to roll a 15. Well, shit. So as you cast that whole person, more worried about the number above his head, he <laughs> manages to jump out of the way of that magical grasp before it can close in on him and pin him in place. <sighs> Damn it. I go and grab the cultist. Okay. Roll strength. I rolled an unnatural 17. Yes. And he rolled a six. <laughs> so he is restrained in place now, and that number ticks from eight to seven. Yes. So I grab him by like the front of his clothes. I lift him up so his legs are kind of dangling. You're going to tell us everything we want to know. And maybe, just maybe, my friend over here can make sure that number does not hit zero. Aim with that waves. <laughs> Well, uh, that depends on what you want to know. Where are your friends going? What do they want? And where is Rainer? Uh, you saw them as well as I did. One of them ran up, one of them went down. You can uh, figure out the rest from there. Their names, damn it. 
<laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. The hesitation killed me. Ah, <laughs> uh, their names are Jana and Natasha. So, uh, can I can I please be put down now, please? As the number ticks from seven to six. Bad phrasing. Where? Is Rainer? He's not here. I don't know where he goes. Um, I, I, we meet up with him sometimes at Castle Warwick, but that's all I know. I don't know where he spends his free time. Wow. Okay. I look over to Imhotep, and I was like, "Shall we let it hit zero, or shall we help him?" Is the dragon head still circling overhead? I was actually going to go check that out. Oh, uh, the number is still floating above the cultist's head, and it is now at. It now goes from six to five. Hold on, I think I'm confused. The dragon head, is it still on the pedestal where it never left? Oh, yes. The head itself never moved. It's just the energy oh, seeped out of the crystal. It was crystal. just a gem oh, that moved. It was the vapors. Okay. I got one more thing to try and scare this guy. I look him in the eye and like, now give me one good reason as to not let that number hit zero and you die a very painful death. We don't necessarily know it'll be painful. Yeah, it could just—it could just be really quick. <laughs> it could just be very—it could be incredibly quick. But I imagine knowing that this is in fact a—he looks at the nameplate for the thing—is a <sighs> inkin <laughs> that it will in fact probably involve. Oh, if I remember correctly, there was a slitting of the throat, a removal of the heart, and a lot of chanting. I can't promise that will happen, but I mean, for all we know, it could be like—I don't know—you grow old. You die in your sleep. Just very, very peaceful. <laughs> I was going to try and like move the cultist away so he can't hear. I was like, Hello, Tap, I'm trying to scare this guy. Let him be free. I'm trying to be scary. Stop it. <laughs> You're ruining this for me. <laughs> He's going to roll to try and get free of your grapple. That is a 16. Make a contested strength roll. Fuck. Well, it was bound to happen eventually. That's a nat one. No! With your nat one, he's able to break free of your grip as you're momentarily distracted by Imhotep and you turn back and say, Imhotep, I'm trying to scare him. <laughs> he seizes that opening and is able to wriggle out of your grasp and swing at you with his scimitar. Oh, son of a bitch. And that's a nat 20. <gasps> no! That is going to be seven damage. So that's going to be cut in half. So it's going to be three damage. Okay. But okay. More importantly. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Oh shit! That five above his head begins to melt down, slinks and coils around you, oh, and shit. ticks down to a four. I I stab back at him with the sword of vengeance. Oh. Uh, okay. Oh shit! Go ahead and roll for it. Oh, okay. I rolled a 16, but with the sword, it's a plus 7 to hit, so that is a unnatural 23. That definitely hits, so go ahead and roll for damage. Good, Anakin, good. <laughs> Let the anger flow through you. Oh, sweet. Uh, I do 10 damage to him. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, you kind of need him alive if you want to transfer the curse back. Oh, shit. So <laughs> he's looking pretty rough. And the four, as you damage him, again, slinks off of you, coils around him, and ticks to three. Good. Now we'll hop over to Invisible Man. So, uh, run over to this dragon head. I don't know if I'm close enough to, like, check it out or not. You can. You're not going to necessarily get any more information out of it than you already did. But you are in between the giant scarab statue and the dragon head statue. And the scarab kind of shuffles around on its pedestal a little bit, lowers uh -oh. its head down to look at you and kind of cocks it curiously. 
is there anything that I can find out from just looking at it? Because I'm trying to see if like it's an immediate threat or if it's just, I don't know, curious to be alive. Roll animal handling. Oh, no. With advantage. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 14. With a 14, it's not an immediate threat. And it doesn't seem to have any hostility in it. It's just mostly looking at you with curiosity. Okay. Uh, If you be cool, I'm going to be cool. I'm just going to look at your friend over here because I want to see if I can possibly remove this gem. And when I get my turn again, I'll just head back over to the to the dragon statue. Okay, so let's jump over to the phantom. Since I had to walk, I assume, through the uh, gift shop, I would like to have grabbed Larry by, like, the back of the shirt neck part and, like, <laughs> dragged him along. <laughs> All right. And I'll be like, don't worry, we'll pay with the pirate treasure. And then, oh seeing that this is... I, I throw the coins down, I insist. I'm like, no, 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 wait, 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 as you yoink me out of there. Since this looks like flimsier <laughs> glass, I'd like to press to digitate another brick. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, roll strength. Now, a whole, I said I was making the brick. I'd like to pull yeah. back... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And right before I throw it, I want to be like, Larry, you want to take this one? Um, do you, we need to break it? Yes. And I thrust the brick into Larry's hand. Uh, um. Imagine the brick is a wolf. I imagine the glass is a wolf. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is it, is, is it the brick or the glass? They're both wolves. You have two wolves inside you. Throw the brick. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> God, he's like, God, God damn it. <laughs> he just, I smashed the glass. Peer pressure. All right, roll strength. God damn it. Larry thinks to himself like, oh, these are the bad kids my mom warned me about. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 16 plus uh, 17. With a 17, you're able to break through this glass. I'm not very happy about it. (laughs) So which one specifically are you going for? There are six in total. There are two top left, top right, middle left, middle right, bottom left, bottom right. Are they like visually identical? This is like a copy paste asset or? (laughs) This is, I mean, yes, this is a copy paste asset, but um, they are visually pretty identical. Ooh. Take everything. Let's go. Larry, which one gives you the heebie-jeebies? Okay, can I roll to see which gives me the heebie-jeebies? Sure, roll insight. Not very good on my roll. <laughs> that was a three for vibes. With a three, they all give you the heebie-jeebies. Eric, to be perfectly honest with you, this whole area freaks me out, and now I'm even more freaked out because I, I broke some glass. Larry, hey, Larry, I understand. And Phantom's going to put his hands on Larry's shoulders. Sometimes, you know, these things are are stressful, and I understand that we're in a new situation, and it can be pretty scary. So I need you to take that one on the far right, I'm going to take the one on the far left, and we're going to find out what cool shit we can get. Come on! (laughs) Oh my god! Oh, why are you making me do this? For cool shit, Larry! (laughs) I will say the 17 strength just kind of carries over to, like, smashing all of them. All of their exhibit glasses. Oh, yeah. You describing them all as wolves and this brick is a wolf. I just. <laughs> Berserk. Yeah, he just has a little breakdown for a moment. It's been a stressful week for Larry. 
as you approach these chests, they are locked. We can do the lock picking mini game if you want to try to pick them, or you can try to break through them brute forcing it. Guys, I don't know if we're on a time limit to try and stop the cultist from getting a scroll. Can't hear you, Jack. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the brick back up and just smack it on that lock. Okay. I'm proficient with sleight of hand right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The devil card is a little Eric on your shoulder. Like, do it, do it, do it. It really is. What you are going to do, you've got a roll between a 16 and an 18. And you're going to be rolling using a D8. If you go over, you fail. And because of your card, you do get advantage, so you get one re-roll. Okay. Oh, so like a like a Yahtzee sort of deal? Yep. That's a six. That's a three. That's a six. So that's 12, 13, 14, 15. That's a six. You can re-roll one of those dice. I wonder which six it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> Three. That is 18. Oh my God. You're able to pick the lock. I'm just sitting there going, God damn it. I don't want to. I came in here to shop and look at cool stuff. I didn't want to steal. Click. You're able to jimmy the lid open. It's a little bit stiff and creaky and lets out a puff of stale, salty sea air as you open it up and you see 20 gold doubloons. Oh. Okay, okay. Hey, hey, Eric, there's there's gold in here. I'm busy smacking a lock right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead and roll strength. Yay. <laughs> so seeing as how no one's focused on the reason we came here, I'm just going to give... <laughs> uh, not, not one, by the way. I'm back at it. Back on the bullshit. <laughs> All is right with the world. With a nat one... You bring the brick down on the lock of this chest and some of the magic that is shimmering through this museum jolts up through it and your hand sticks to it. Uh. <laughs> to the chest? To the chest. And the chest no. unlocks itself no. and no, no, opens no, no, up no. to a set of jagged, sharp wooden teeth. No. Oh, no. You got mimicked, my wow. dude. <laughs> no. Larry, help. Larry. See what happens when you steal. All right, I'm Do going I over there. Do I see the mimic? Hey, you're dealing with the cultist. Deal with one thing at a time. All right, I'll deal with the cultist. I don't see the mimic. Larry runs into the rescue to try to help Phantom pry himself away from this now living treasure chest that has him securely fastened to it. Now we're going back over to the cultist. I got a dumb idea when it's my turn. <laughs> we'll need it. Okay, good. <laughs> and the cultist, not wanting to press his luck with the Frankenstein monster, is going to run around and try to attack Imhotep. He rolled a 19. I was actually going to comment before the cultist ran over. I'm still, like, in the doorway as just, like, everybody's off doing these things. I'm just watching. <laughs> He's like, this was supposed to be my thing. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> so the cultist runs up to you, Imhotep, and as you are kind of stunned by the chaos that's unfolding, he manages to slash at you with his scimitar. It deals four damage and the three above his head. Hold on. Before that, I, I got a quick question. Yes. Do I bleed? Because I feel like a Mayan thing would be very much about the bloodletting more than the 
damage and like does he want to bleed i mean now that you're a mummy that's and a you good have question. that's a very good question you still wouldn't have blood because you're still kind of preserved and crispy and, and frankenstein canonically bleeds i'm gonna say no you don't i'm gonna roll a straight d20 to see now if the lack of blood supersedes the violence and the mm. sacrifice. <laughs> Interesting. And that's a four, so it does. Oh. <gasps> Ooh, all right. So that three does not budge, and it ticks down to a two. He looks at you in terror, seeing that that did not work, <laughs> and takes a couple steps back. Wait, before he does that, can I try and grab him specifically with my bandage hands? Sure, roll sleight of hand. Wrap him up. That is a 19. Uh, 19's gonna do it. So, what I want to have happen, this is how I envision it. Imhotep is staring at the chaos that's unfolding, doesn't even bother to look at the guy as he slashed at him. Wraps this up around his arm and holds him in place. I came here looking for something that was stolen from me kind of tugs him a little bit closer. And you have led my team into a chaotic mess. He tugs him even closer <laughs> and he starts to look at him slowly with his eyes now that bright red. I hope you enjoy the fact that I do not bleed because you are not going anywhere and I will savor watching you die. Uh, inspiration. Yeet. Yeah. Did you say your team? <laughs> so he kind of struggles in your bandages and looks back and forth between you and the number above his head as the two ticks down to a one. Then Invisible Man, what are you up to? <laughs> How's it going? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look back and kind of like see the mimic. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, I'm please. Assuming, <laughs> and kind of figure, mother, okay, fine. Uh, I do have a plan. <laughs> guys, just a heads up. We probably don't want anything to bleed. So, um... My plan will solve both problems. <laughs> Larry, you said you got this? It will be interesting, but I think so. All right. I want to try and look at the gem or whatever it is. See if, like, it can be popped out at all. Go ahead and roll investigation. And then while you're doing that, Wolfman, what's your plan? Uh, I'm going to walk up to Phantom and go, see what happens when you do bad things. And I'm going to cast one of my two spells. I'm going to cast on Phantom Gaseous Form. Oh! You transform Ooh. a willing creature you touch, along with everything it's wearing and carrying, into a misty cloud for the duration. The spell ends if the creature drops to zero hit points, an incorporeal creature is unaffected, blah, blah, blah. While in this form of a misty cloud, the target can't manipulate objects, and any objects it is carrying or holding can't be dropped, used, or otherwise interacted with. The target can't attack or cast spells. But I'm thinking he won't bleed, and he will unstick from this mimic if I cast this spell. That is a very clever use of that spell. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm gonna grumble, grumble, walk up to Eric, pat him on the shoulder, cast gaseous form, and he... <laughs> Larry, you're a fucking genius. And <laughs> I'm going to use this for even more evil. Ah, oh, god <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you can go anywhere now. You can sleep in between the cracks. Uh, just know that as other stuff's going on, I'm sure other important things need to be prioritized. But while all that's happening, I am poking my head through every <laughs> slit in the chests to know what's inside each of them. So single-minded. <laughs> and then also, I got a 12. 
roll just a straight investigation phantom. Then with your 12 invisible man, it looks like you could probably pry that gem off. Fantastic. I'm going to take my knife, gently kind of like sneak it right underneath it and just see if I could pop it out. Going to do a similar thing to the lock picking because I feel like this is a very similar grounds. Probably. You need to roll between an 18 and a 20. You roll using D6s. Okay. If you're under, then you just don't pop it off. If you're over, you pop it off and it breaks. So while you are doing that, Phantom, what was your investigation roll? Uh, it was a 13, but I do want, just on the record, I did roll another nat 1, so I'm burning my inspiration to get this 13. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're back at it. We. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Phantom's back on his bullshit. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he is. Oof. So with a 13, as you're kind of slinking through, your sense of distance and direction is a little bit muddled. So you don't know which is which, but you do know... There's another chest with 20 gold. There is a chest that has a pearl of power within it. There's a chest that has a scimitar plus one. Mm. And there is another animated chest. Mm. That, that is what is in all the remaining chests. Cool. A one out of four chance. <laughs> so a 20, Invisible Man. Yes. You are able to get the gem out of the skull. As this gem is now in your possession and you start to pocket it, you feel the building begin to shake. I will note that I didn't want to pocket it. Okay, what did you want to do with it? Um, I actually wanted to throw it at the mimic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, before you throw it, okay. as it comes in your possession, the building begins to shake around you, and the temperature begins to rise in the room a little bit. You start to feel very thirsty, there is a little bit of a sandy, gritty texture that overtakes the entire floor. Everything feels a little bit more dust-ridden. And you feel an energy that is separate from this gem begin to circle around and bear down on you. Oh, shit. As you hear the echoing words in your head, Thief. Oh. Do we all see the sand and stuff? You all see this. And Imhotep, okay. you feel a little invigorated by this. <laughs> You're welcome, question mark. <laughs> okay. You feel slightly more at home. This is kind of a familiar feeling to you. And there's something about everything that's kind of overcoming this place that feels more invigorating to specifically you. And Invisible Man, as the word thief echoes through your head, you can feel this magic weighing down on you and you can feel your vision distorting a bit as a mummy's curse bears down at you That's fine. for taking something from the lair of a mummy lord. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Rut row raggy, we're in trouble. <laughs> All right, guys, I don't feel so good. So, Grayson, you are now cursed. A darkness overtakes your eyes, and as you take off your goggles to check, it is your eyes and not the goggles. And the brightness of the lights illuminating this place are a little bit painful to you. And as you recede into the darkness a little bit, you find yourself being able to see a little bit better. 
So when you are in areas of normal light or bright light, you are blinded. While you are in dim light or darkness, including magical darkness, you can see as though it were dim light. Burning either an action or a bonus action, you can try to narrow your focus to be able to see a little bit better, and you gain dark vision of 30 feet. Basically for now, light is darkness, darkness is light. Okay, and then just out of curiosity, because my goggles are meant to prevent light from coming in. I had a feeling you would bring that up. Yeah, I was going to say, does that do anything? Nope, this curse supersedes that. Son of a bitch. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, I don't feel so good, but apparently <laughs> I am a fantastic discovery of uh, of curses. So I'm going to... Uh, oh, no. I'm going to go ahead and chuck this uh, gem. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and roll athletics. Yes, I love athletics. <laughs> 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 okay, that's an eight. With an eight, it just kind of clatters down into the middle of the room. It doesn't make it all the way to the mimic. Could it just be like a random direction that I just end up throwing it? Sure, roll a d4. Alrighty. The classic. Yeah, and watch, it's going to hit the scarab and then, of course, do more more shit. You now have the scarab's <laughs> curse. Wee! <laughs> uh, that's a three on the d4. Okay, so you throw it south. Now roll a d100. Oh, man, I've never done this. <laughs> That is a 16. So you throw it to the south of you, 16 feet. It flies right over the scarab. Thank God. <laughs> and kind of spooks it a little bit. It skitters its legs a little bit. Some wings start to unfold. Oh, God, and it no. it flies <laughs> up. And it right now is just a little bit concerned over what's going on. It doesn't seem to have any sort of plan. But for now, it just moves about five feet to the left. But it is 10 feet up in the air and... Looks like it's going to take off in a direction at any moment. Okay, so uh, seeing as how it's like super bright in here, uh, guys, I'm I'm going to go somewhere a little bit darker. So I'm going to let everyone do whatever they're going to do, and I'm going to just walk down the hall. I just yell at him, are you okay? I don't know, but I need to get out of the light. Phantom is actually going to also head that way huh. and say to Larry. In his gaseous form. Yeah, and say to Larry as he floats through Larry, by the way, just really uncomfortably <laughs> all the way through and around him. Uh, These chests are full of a bunch of bullshit. Come on. Okay. So I'm assuming Larry didn't take any gold because wouldn't that also count for the mummy's curse? Well, he only opened it, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he yeah, only did I, open I it. I opened it. I think I left the stuff in there. Cool. Up to you, Larry. Uh... Did you take the gold or did you leave it? I've already got the curse, so it's up to you. <laughs> D20. D20 to convince. <laughs> uh, shoot. All right. Odds, I take it because I've got the devil on my shoulder. Evens, I'm a good boy. Evens, I'm a good boy. I did not take the doubloons. Yay, Evens. Okay, so the gold is still just there. That sounds mm -hmm. about right. All right, cool. I will pop open locks for my friends, but I will not steal. Uh, but I also follow downstairs. Okay, so now going back to the cultist, he's going to make one last desperate attempt to try and break free. And uh, Imhotep, roll strength. Can I help with that? Uh, sure. So roll strength with advantage. Advantage was a nat 20. Yay! Okay, so he makes one last desperate struggle, and then that one ticks down to a zero. And I'm locked eyes with him. You want to see the lights leave his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that smoky zero sinks down 
into him goes up through his nose and into his mouth, and the light leaves his eyes. He slumps over, completely lifeless, and the smoke just kind of pours out of him and swirls its way back into the diamond. I want to say that Imhotep watches this guy die. Hmm. Disappointing. And just lets him go and just drops him. <laughs> Not brutal enough. Like, I've helped establish that, like, blood was a thing of it, and he's just, no, he just, he's just dead. That's just it. Like, I could have done that. <laughs> He's expecting a lot more blood. <laughs> All right, look, it was supposed to be more like the Angel of Death and the Prince of Egypt. Okay, that's fair. Just smoke sucking the life yeah. out of the body and pouring away. That's still really creepy, though. I did not like that scene. Yeah, it's icky. So let's stick with Imhotep and the Frankenstein monster for now. Are you going to follow with the rest of the group? Are you going to go the other way? It is over to you two. I'll look over to Imhotep and like, so you felt that what, that curse that Jack got, correct? It appears I am not the only one who is unfortunate enough to be awake. Well, if we're going to have to fight someone like you and that gem when Jack stabbed the cultist and we got that creepy number about it, do you think that gem is the cause of... Do you think if we... Can you get rid of curses? Yes. Do you think you can uncurse that gem so if we have to fight again, we don't have to worry about a big giant number of doom hanging over our heads? No. <laughs> That is a magical item. I cannot remove a curse from a magical item. Uh. I can remove a curse from the invisible man. Can you make it so I can let go of this? And I hold up the Sword of Vengeance. Ever since I grabbed a hold of this back in the bog, it's been hard to let go. I mean, it's helped. It's helped, don't get me wrong, but I'm scared that if I'm going to have to actually use... I don't want to use it to hurt our friends. Like, in case Larry were to the wolf again, I'm going to have to use something a little bit stronger than my fists. We all know what happened last time. I can alleviate its pull on you, but I cannot remove it. So I won't be able to let this thing go? I am afraid my powers are not able to remove curses from objects of such power. If I remember, that's how we established it, right? Yeah, so what you can do, if you cast Remove Curse, you will be able to let it go and leave it behind. But if you were to continue to use it, you would eventually become recursed by it again. All right, I'm just going to, I'm going to look at Imhotep. It's like, all I want to do is just to let this thing go, leave it be. Maybe that's best for it. Can you help with that? Because I have another weapon I can use. I'm not defenseless, but I'm scared if I use this and something happens. Because when the, when the pudding monster hurt me... All I wanted to do was to hurt it back. And I was about to do the same thing to the cultist until the timer hit zero. And I have a feeling that in the future, we need to do, defeat our enemies, but not by killing them. And I'm scared I'm going to make the wrong decision. I put my hand on Mary's shoulder, and you feel this calming sensation as I cast Remove Curse. And you're so lucky that I have three <laughs> spell slots for this one now. And I just happen to say, nah, I think remove curse would be a good thing to have for this specific session. <laughs> and I feel relieved. I can let it go. I say thank you. And I throw it over to the mimic. <laughs> well, okay. So I want it to land somewhere right there. Maybe the mimic could eat it up. I'm not going to make you do any sort of roll for it or anything. So you throw it at the mimic as the sharp, jagged wooden spikes that are making up its mouth and its teeth and a felt lining on the inside rolls out like a tongue. It scoops up the sword, pulls it in, shuts its fake jaw tight, relocks itself, oh. and then goes dormant. Cool. Hopefully no one will have to have that ever again. 
So Imhotep takes his hand off of the Frankenstein monster and he says, I believe the others have descended the stairs. Why don't you follow them? I will be along shortly. Are you sure you don't want to come with me? Is everything all right? He wants to ride the scarab. <clears throat> but so he kind of looks into the room a little bit. I will be fine. Okay. Okay. Imhotep, roll religion with advantage. Gross. Okay, hold on. <laughs> You know what? Can I burn my inspiration to reroll one of those? Uh, sure. So, after burning the inspiration, I got a 21, just because I feel like I should have a really, really high roll for religion. So, with a 21, you can feel the presence of the Scroll of Osiris reaching out to you, and like when you had encountered Karis with the Scroll of Set before, you feel the voices of the Egyptian gods start to enter into your head, and you hear them say to you, the power of the scroll and the power of the gods can be yours if you destroy the heart of the mummy lord. Oh, but he has to do it. Mm. I mean, I was really just going to run downstairs to check and see like, if the scroll was down there. And then if not, I was going to run upstairs. But I assume it's downstairs. I think it's a safe assumption that a mummy lord would hide deep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a how pyramids are. Yeah. Um, it is a museum, though, so where would they put the exhibit? <laughs> how long have we been sitting in this session? Let's see. My roll thing says we've been here for an hour and 23 minutes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Imhotep is going to finally walk into the building. Standing at the door. And then, like, just banners and things just, like, drop and says, Congratulations, you are now the 100th visitor to the museum. (laughs) We are the outcasts, misfits, you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call The world is falling apart, we'll never take it to heart Thank you for listening to this episode of D&D Dark, created, hosted, and edited by myself, Danger Dan Jers, with artwork by Jordan Nelson. Reminder that the window on our merch giveaway closes tomorrow, Thursday, April 13th. That is your last chance to get any reviews in so you can be entered for a chance to win your free merch. D&D Dark's cast this episode was Ben Magnet as Mary, the Frankenstein monster. Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the mummy. Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera. Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman. And Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Additional music this episode was provided by Braxton Cheney. Listen to new episodes of D&D Dark Wednesdays, anywhere you find podcasts. So just to make sure that we're looking at the same place, um, we are talking about these six treasure chests in the middle of the room, right? Yeah. <laughs>
Because <laughs> <laughs> where you were was in front of a suit of armor. Yeah. Cool. Ar- it looked like a ship bow, but we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>